Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Caramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello friends, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. My name is Shelley Ann Harris. Since the start of 2021, art therapist Leslie Ann Belnavis Elliott has seen an increase in the number of clients calling for mental health support. This, she believes, means that more Jamaicans are crying out for help as the pandemic continues to impact people's lives. Leslie Ann, who is also a photographer, has conducted creative arts-based clinical assessments and art therapy sessions with clients of various ages, abilities, and socioeconomic backgrounds. Today, it is therefore my pleasure to welcome Leslie Ann to our Impacting Jamaica podcast. Leslie Ann Belnavis Elliott, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this discussion with you, Shelly Ann. Awesome. Myself. All right. Now, most Jamaicans can appreciate the impact of arts on the one hand and therapy on the other. But your world brings them together in a powerful way. Describe for our listeners what is art therapy. So, art therapy is what I like to call like a really creative and unique form of mental health support. So most Jamaicans may never, I'm sure they've never ever heard of that term or they're just learning about it. So it really means it's a mental health profession that uses visual arts, so like drawing, painting, sculpture, and photography, but it also ties in aspects of psychology. And it merges the two worlds to help persons express their emotions, creatively reflect on what's going on, help them to identify things that may be difficult for them to talk about. Mm. And then they use the art to establish coping strategies. And the thing about art therapy that makes it so unique is that instead of, you know, our culture doesn't always like to talk about things. Mm -hmm. So, or if they do, sometimes people are maybe very guarded. Yeah, the strength is art therapy that it allows people to create. And sometimes there are things that they may not have the words or they, they can't figure it out. But when they see it and they have to like work it in the art, they have to use a certain material, they have to stop and they look and say, oh, you know, I never thought about this or this is what I was really struggling or this is how things really are. Mm. So they're problem solving it through the art material. So each art material that is used has some powerful elements to it. So depending on the paint, the, the, the drawing materials like markers, crayons, it could be clay, it could be plasticine. And now it's like what's happening with online stuff. There are persons who also use the digital art to express themselves in a session. So mm-hmm. all of these things may some of these art materials might cause a person to um, be more relaxed. If they're like upset about something, it might need to calm down or 
they get it out in the material instead of on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, or it is, you know, they have, it, it's about the process, so what happens in the session, what they make, what they talk about, and then what they can keep for themselves. So it's like a tangible thing. So sometimes I might have clients use an art therapy journal, something that they can keep, reflect, they can use on their own time. So it's a very unique approach to therapy. I do think it's very beneficial to Jamaica in terms of how we respond to things and we respond to the art. And it's needed. So I do want to clarify though, because I know oh, there are these fun activities that's happening and people think, oh, that's art therapy. No. <laughs> you do need a trained art therapist to work with you. And the art therapist has to be trained at the master's level or above, mm-hmm. right? You do have activities out there like pain sensitive or sleep and pain. Those are great um, recreational activities, great art-based activities. But those are really like maybe like what you call a paint class with the added bonus of sipping wine for those who want to engage in alcohol. Yes. So it's, it's fun, and I won't take away from those, but we have to distinguish the two. So that's one that you're doing for yourself. Art therapy now, the art therapist has to do an assessment, has to observe the client, establishes treatment goals and treatment plans for the client, um, as well as establishes art activities that will be tied back the treatment goals. So it's very different from the, the vibes of the paint and the, you know, are using a, a, a coloring book. You have to have a trained person who knows that, okay, if so a client could be a really young child to an adult to the elderly, it varies. So I have to know, okay, what's the age of the person? What's their gender? Um, what's their developmental stage? You know, and what materials can I use? Because all of that is really important. So how we're going to help the person be with their emotions and support them. You know, I'm hearing you describe um, a process that is, is pretty, you know, scientific in terms of the approach to an art therapy session. And uh-huh. I'm wondering if my listeners may be asking, does this really work? Does does art therapy really work for the big problems, you know, that you have in society, grief, loss, especially now, when there's so much fear and uh, and grief in our society? Um, What what how would you respond to that when people ask, does that really work? Well, I've seen it work. I've seen it work, and I've been doing this for thirteen years. Um, and I've seen it work with individuals, with groups, with families. Um, I, even even with the onset of the pandemic, even that has heightened, you know, mm-hmm. what are the concerns that's happening now in terms of grief and anxiety and depression. I would say any art form is beneficial. And we already, as Jamaicans, use it, you know. We, you know, we act, we, we move, we dance, so, you know, those are the other art forms. But the thing about what I've seen with art therapy is that even if somebody is resistant, or they might come in, you know, Shelly, and they say, oh, 
But I'm not crazy. This 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 not gonna make no sense. Or this is just for children. Right. And I've seen where yes, I will have that defense up. And by the time I'm finishing and I might say to a group of adults, okay, you know, you have about five more minutes to meet the arts and then we're going to have a discussion. Them cutting me off <laughs> because they want more time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, look at this. You know, these are the same people maybe at the beginning of the session said to me, you know, but I can't do this. You know, what you're having me do? Mm-hmm. Like, what? you know, I'm not artistic. It's really not about that. I've seen where... Um, it has been used with so many, or I have used it with so many different groups and individuals, and I've seen where, you know, maybe there is a young child, there was a young child who came in and had some major behavioral problems, which really was tied back to family dynamics and other things, you know, interactions with the families and family, I should say, and he just really needed support. Mm. But the behavior was, you know, aggressive and stuff. And I just brought in the art materials with other tools and just used that as a continuous um, outlet for him to put his anger in a safe way mm. and to communicate to a point where, well, I personally use other modalities. I don't want to confuse the... <laughs> The, 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 the listeners, you know, I might bring in music and stuff, but I'm not a trained music therapist or a dance therapist. But I understand the people and I understand how Jamaicans respond to therapy. And so they need other modalities. And this client, I brought in the drum. Mm. And it with the art. And it became a thing where eventually he got so calm that I think the secretary at the office one day said to me, I didn't know you saw that child today. So what do you mean? No, Leslie, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it because usually when he comes, he's loud and, you know, disrupts the office and I didn't even remember he was here today. So that showed that there was some impact. There was something that gave him the opportunity to even maybe just relax, Mm -hmm. calm down, Whatever was, you know, things that made him upset that maybe he didn't have the language for, he was putting it in the art. And I was able to provide a safe space. But I really have seen Shelly where it's like, persons probably say, I really don't know what this thing is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the end, like I did a group session with, um, I've done it in person before COVID and then with the onset of COVID it was done online mm-hmm. with a group of single mothers okay. and when I there was a location in Montego Bay that I went to and I was like boy I don't know <laughs> how these people are going to take this thing they will cut me off I said well this media comedy speak mm-hmm. and I remember there was an older woman in the group because it was all single moms and the first day she was like, this is not for me. I, you know, these are, these are young people saying this is not for me. Mm. And the mothers were so resistant to sharing in the beginning. You know, we, you know, it was four days of art therapy, group art therapy sessions. And she was just like, this is not for me. And that group 
they each call me aside and were like, oh, come here, come here. <laughs> you know, do I have to share this? I don't want these people to know what's going on. And I kind of laughed to myself and I say, everybody realized that they're telling me the same thing. They realize they're all on the same page. Mm. But I understood the strength of the art. And I've worked in a, a, a correctional facility setting with teenage girls, which was the same thing. They weren't in a space where they could trust each other to talk about what's happening because if they spoke, that information or being vulnerable would be used against them. Right. And I learned to understand and respect the power of the art in the images that they make. So even if they didn't talk, they got it out in the art. So when this group of single mothers said that to me, I was like, okay, I know what this is. We trust the process. Mm -hmm. And by day four, Shelly, I kid you not, everybody was sharing. It was like it was a community. I remember the third day, I was telling them, okay, they have five minutes. I asked them if they wanted five more minutes for the activity. I don't know how many years they said them no answer me. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were so engrossed in this thing. And, you know, I got some testimonials from that. And that same grandmother said, she is so happy that she stuck out the time because she learned so much. She was able to get support with things that she thought perhaps, you know, like it was more for the younger mothers, but it was a great group. And it, that has been a very powerful experience. It sounds like it helps people from all walks of life to cope with their emotions, it, to cope with... Uh, processing anger as with the little boy that you mentioned and with single mothers processing all kinds of emotions that that single mothers have Um, Uh but has it been effective in in terms of helping people with psychological problems or mental challenges you mean like if a person has a diagnosis because to me all aspects of stress can be psychological and you know emotional absolutely so is it that you meant like a specific diagnosis or just general? In general, I mean, because when you look at the broad range of problems in Jamaica, the broad range mm-hmm. of issues, uh, those who commit criminal behavior, um, you look back at the history and it came from a similar thing, a single mother raising children by herself, the children grew up and had these emotional issues that became, well, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm just looking mm-hmm. at the stories I've heard. And so there are emotional issues that perhaps became psychological issues and uh-huh. know, result in certain kinds of behavior, criminal behavior. And so sometimes at that point it's a mental diagnosis. So I'm just right. wondering um, if you've seen art therapy assist in all these walks of life, in all these areas of weakness. Well, I have used it with different um, concerns. So I've used it with adults and children with a variety of special needs, from deafness to blindness to autism to cerebral palsy and Down syndrome. And some of these um, individuals didn't even have language. So my approach with that changed. Um, but it also has been used with persons with grief, stress, stress sorry, trauma, um, very psychological um, concerns like bipolar disorder, um, 
dissociative identity disorder. I'm saying all of these <laughs> big names, <laughs> and some of the listeners will be like, "Okay, what is that?" <laughs> but it, it, you know, these are all. It's a range. Yeah. So again, anything that is psychological or anything that has to do with mental health will tap into different areas that somebody experiences. So when you think about it, basically, right, Shelley, we as humans are not linear. Mm-hmm. We don't just get up and just we just learn education like that. There, di- you know, you know, there are different levels to us. We have a spiritual side, we have a emotional side, we have a psychological or mental side. Um, did I say physical as well? It's a physical, right? I think so. Right. So, you know, we have multi- multiple layers. And I say all of that to say there are different things that happen in our life that can impact us emotionally, mentally, and psychologically. So... Anything that has something to do with supporting mental health is going to always tap into those areas. Mm-hmm. So art therapy will um, deal with things that are psychological. So right now with the pandemic, so the pandemic is the start, <laughs> right? But the reactions that people may be having from a mental health standpoint is that some people have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Some people may develop some disorders from that where it's more prolonged, you know. There's fear, there's anger, there's this uncertainty. There's not just anxiety happening and there's probably depression. Then you're also seeing how communication is happening or impacted. So there's a breakdown in maybe family dynamics. Or, you know, how children are responding to school because they're now on, online. So if you see what I'm trying to show, that there's a domino effect yeah. with all of these things. And so it's not in isolation. A mental health concern is not in isolation. And so art therapy would be used to address those things. It can be done in combination with something else. So in other words, there's some cases that I have, even since COVID, I have to work with another mental health professional. So I said it can be done by itself, mm-hmm. or I can do it with a team of mental health professionals. I could work with a speech therapist, an occupational therapist, a psychologist, and a psychiatrist. You understand? Yeah. Depending on how severe, how difficult, um, or the level of support. Or I may have um, a psychologist contact me and say, hey, you know, I'm seeing this client and we're working on this, but I feel like the art would help to tap into something a little bit more mm-hmm. that they're not talking about in my session. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered your question. You, you did, you did. Um, it's really a holistic um, approach um, to solving problems. And sometimes it's a combination of 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 therapists or uh-huh. um, that are therapists or healthcare professionals that are needed to to solve a problem, but the art really has a unique place in yeah. terms of how it helps people to to improve in whatever area of weakness that they have. So I I appreciate that I do, and I I'm looking forward to eventually joining one of your art therapy sessions. <laughs> Because I think, you know, even just for maintaining, managing anxiety and maintaining a positive outlook, 
I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think art therapy can help with that as well. Yes, because it's, it's about, it's, sometimes I have persons who come and it's not necessarily that they have major stressors, but maybe there's just something that they just, they just need to solve or, mm-hmm. you know, they just need an outlet or they just feel they need a voice with something or it's very simple. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to come in because you have an extreme issue. Right. You know, um, and sometimes I see clients, depending on what's happening, they may be seen once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, or, you know, it really depends on what's happening for them. You know, uh, some of what you're describing too is like clients or as people who need to understand themselves or to process mm-hmm. where they are mm-hmm. psychologically as well. And that it mm-hmm. helps them. It's almost like a mirror, too. Yes, yes. Mm. What got me into this for, well, <laughs> I never knew therapy existed, but one of the things that propelled me to push to become an art therapist, I mean, I, my, my first degree is in studio art, and I'm also a photographer. Well, when I was completing my bachelor's of science degree and I found out that I feel like it was divine. <laughs> I don't want to scare yourself, but you know, I just feel like it, it was a confirmation, affirmation that I was supposed to do this. And when I researched it, and I was like, but Jamaicans themselves, we are very creative people. Mm-hmm. We have a unique dichotomy that we're very creative, but we're also, we also can be very violent. And I was like, why not use something that is innate in us to help heal us? Why not meaning the art? Right. You know, for me, it was specifically art therapy, but you do have other forms like dance movement therapy, music therapy, drama therapy, play therapy. You know, you have all these other forms, but mine is specifically art therapy. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is what I'm going to use, and I've seen it. Not everybody responds to it, and that's fine. That's how. Therapy is just like if you go to a doctor, you know, you might not, you might find that this doctor and you, that's not, that, you don't like that doctor's approach. So you'll do your research, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I've seen where it, it, it is innate to us or this is, this is what we need. Um, um, I've seen where, you know, there are cases on the news and you'll hear, um, I think there was a case last year where, you know, it was, Two surviving siblings whose language had shut down for them when it was like a murder-suicide case. Mm-hmm. These were two young children who no longer had... I mean, they could talk, I'm sure, but they weren't talking anymore because that was a traumatic situation. And somebody turned to me and said, Oh, they w- I'm sure they would have benefited from art therapy. Because, you know, we need to recognize, like, how are these different mental health um, approaches, how can they be used? So if you see that somebody's becoming more withdrawn or their behavior is changing or they suspect something is happening but they might not want to talk about it, mm-hmm. maybe having them engage in art therapy might be a good option. It sounds like it would be. It sounds like it would be and it, it sounds like a part of what we can continue to use to improve mental health in Jamaica, which you know, the studies point to an alarming percentage of us who suffer uh, with mental health. And so I think it's a part of the arsenal for the way forward. 
uh, helping, put, and you, you rightly said it, Jamaicans are creative and we're also violent. So okay. it's really something for us to look into as we, we continue to grapple with well-being in this season. Um, our therapy, okay. I think, is, is one of the things we can look at. And that's why I wanted you to join us on Impacting Jamaica. And so my final question to you is a question I like to ask all my guests. And I want to end by asking three cool things about Jamaica. Uh, the first question is your favorite spot in Jamaica and why. The second question is your favorite person and why. And finally, your favorite food and why. Well, if I could say I have two places. Mm-hmm. Um, so anywhere where there is an ocean, yeah. where I can just connect with the ocean, that's like, you know, a safe place for me. I like it. But as a parish, I love St. Elizabeth. Mm. I don't know what it is. I'm connected. It may be because that's where my grandparents are from, but I just found that it's between East and Portland. <laughs> but St. Elizabeth kind of has my heart, mm. you know, so I like that. I like there. And I like the people. There, there is something about them and just, you know. Warm. It, yeah. Yes. Yes, they're warm and pleasant, and it's not this air of, um, you know, like you might go to, I don't want to call no places, you know, but you <laughs> might go to some um, storage areas, and you yeah. know that it's the persons are putting on, yeah. or yeah. this is not, this is real, you know, if you want your yaman banana or whatever, you know, it's just they, they're warm, that's a good word, yeah. they're warm, and I like it, I, I like the scenery. You know, it just it was just it's just a piece and a piece, and I go there. So. Mm. As you're talking, I'm thinking I need to take another trek through Saint Elizabeth. We're her family from too, but what you're saying is absolutely true. There's a warmth and a genuineness about the parish and the people. But let's not let's not stay there. Your favorite, <laughs> your favorite person and why? Oh gosh, I have many persons. <laughs> um. I would say, well, this person is no longer alive, um, but they're very significant to me, and I think this, their spirit lives through me. Um, my grandfather, my mom's dad, okay. very significant to me. Um, from a, from my roots within church, and just him being a, he was a major in the Salvation Army. Um, and for persons who may not know, it's equivalent to him being like a, a pastor or a deacon. So it was a high position, but he is just somebody who I had a major connection with. And I guess my other favorite person is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few friends who are my favorite people, so I was like, which one I must choose? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're safe with a husband and grandpa. <laughs> I think once you start to go into any friend name, you're going to get in trouble. Start <laughs> All right. So my husband is also an artist, so okay. we, we, we bounce off of each other and we have a partnership there. So that's also cool. Um, cool. And then you said favorite food. Boy, I have the alamobili, you know, Shelly. My parents used to say they food go broke from men with food. Mm-hmm. But, um... It used to be a can starfish, but my former helper, Miss Audrey, have a bigger up, um, pepper steak. Which is a pepper steak? Mm. Wow. <laughs> You're making me feel hungry now. 
Awesome. All right. I think that takes us to the end of our conversation. So I want to just thank you for joining us on another podcast of Impacting Jamaica. Thank you for having me. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.